I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. In today's episode, we're talking about the new Toy Story 4. We'll also chat about our picks of the week, movies coming out, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon. Mmm, bacon. So, Toy Story 4 focuses on Bonnie, and we were all introduced to Bonnie back in Toy Story 3. Yes. And she's the new, or she's now starting kindergarten, and at orientation, she makes a new friend, and she physically makes a new friend by creating... Forky. Yes, create literally creating a new friend. So Woody, who seems to be feeling maybe a little less needed. A little neglected, maybe. But he is staying ever loyal to Bonnie. He sees how important Forky is for her and dedicates himself to keeping Forky safe. <laughs> and safe from himself. Even if Forky isn't fully understanding his new existence. So, in classic Toy Story fashion, toys get separated and must be reunited. Although, the separation and reunification may not happen quite like you think. There was an added twist revealed at the beginning of the movie that added to the plot and, of course, beefed up the drama for the movie. And ultimately, Toy Story 4 is a soul-searching story for Woody. In traditional Toy Story fashion, it did not disappoint. So, Corey, with it not disappointing, what did you like about the film? It, well, okay, so for me, it seemed like that the the type of humor was different in this movie. I had the vibe that I thought this movie was actually made for adults. <laughs> I feel like it was made for the people that were originally introduced to Toy Story way back in 1995. I mean, I was 15 when the movie came out. <laughs> I remember that my parents adored the film because they took my grandmother to go see it. And and at this point in her life, she had Alzheimer's types of issues going on, but she lit up watching the Toy Story film to the degree that my parents ended up getting her a Toy Story character at some point just to keep in her room. But so it definitely has always had like a little bit of a special place, I think, in our hearts. Plus my other grandmother, I think gave my dad you know, the, a little Toy Story Woody character yeah. because he has a guitar and my dad plays the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we've grown up with these characters, even more so than the young children that were around us that ended up just going on phones and iPods in yeah. the theater. Because <laughs> I don't think it kept their interest as much as us. I mean, I found it hilarious and adorable. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, there is one of those movies to where there were... Probably so many jokes that I'm going to have to watch the second time just to catch the ones I missed the first time. Right. That's actually one thing that was kind of first on my list of likes, that the movie is filled with Easter eggs and quirky situations and clever jokes. Yeah, a whole whole bunch of little tiny insertions from other Pixar sources and so forth. Right. So I thought the movie touched on real emotions of loss and love. And I think that was evident with Woody. I think we saw a huge gambit of emotions going through Woody. Oh, definitely. And Well, he was constantly high-strung, as Tom <laughs> Hanks would say. Yeah, I think you and my dad were just having a conversation about that. Because <laughs> my dad had seen an interview of how Tom Hanks was describing 
all the effort it takes <laughs> to do a Toy Story movie. But say, just... He gets more exhausted filming one of these movies than he does any other movie. <laughs> so when you talked, though, about Hori, that you thought it was this humor was maybe a little different than the other ones, what did you actually mean for that? So the other Toy Story movies, well, you know, I guess the Toy Story 3 had a... Some scenes that would be considered like a little bit of scary for the little kid because they had the the creepy teddy bear. Yes. And so forth, but and that whole like furnace or I don't know where wherever that trash yeah <laughs> scene that was pretty scary. But the 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 creepiness level was definitely turned up a notch on this it, one. It definitely had a Twilight Zone vibe. Although I was just talking with a coworker today when I said that this Toy Story is kind of dark. Um, she did remind me that yes, Toy Story three went a little dark. Toy Story 2, the, that collector guy, he was pretty dark. And, and the prospector, he yep. was dark. And then even in Toy Story, the first one, Sid, pretty Sid dark. Was dark. <laughs> I mean, and those toy creations he made were a little dark to begin with. the way with. he was treating them was... Yeah. So Toy Story does have a little dark side to it. It always has, yeah. But definitely this one, I, I, I felt it, it was up there. From Gabby Gabby... Uh, and her crew of dummies that resembled Goosebumps Slappy, the dummy, to Ducky and Bunny, who were voiced by Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, and their um, violent plan suggestions, often, (laughs) (laughs) which were hilarious, but definitely dark. And, of course, there was a few, um, or there were a few tug-at-the-heartstrings moments. I think when the movie started, you made the comment... (laughs) They're tugging on the heartstrings right from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, with that flashback twist. So definitely pay attention to the beginning. And so, I don't know about you, Corey, but I thought Toy Story 3 was actually like the swan song for the Toy Story franchise. Like, I thought that was the end of Toy Story. So oh, yeah. And then they come out with this one. Yep. And I can only assume it's the end, but who knows. That it definitely yeah. ended in an interesting way. Or it definitely had an ending but it also, I think, opened the doors for a new future, perhaps, or a new world, a new chapter for some of these characters. A whole new world. That, we already talked about that movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not expecting another movie, but I just think the door could be open. Okay, so you might totally disagree. Uh-oh. But you know that feeling that we had when we saw all of the Marvel characters come together in Endgame. Uh-huh. So I think I felt, but not on the same level at all, I think I felt that similar feeling here in Toy Story 4. Because you have Andy's Originals toys, you have some of the toys from Toy Story 3 coming back, you have new toys. It's just like all these toys coming back together for one big movie. Yeah, I, I will agree that You are the one that felt that. (laughs) I am actually not alone. I came across another comment somewhere, someone talking about, they're calling this Toy Story Endgame. Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) Alright, so I think the toys, they kind of bent the rules a little more um, in this film than maybe they have in the past. Um, I think they definitely were interacting with the humans a lot. (laughs) But I think this interaction kind of opened up for a plethora of jokes, hence like the like the Mickey phone kind of little joke or um, some of the they're in like a carnival scene for a lot of the movie as well. So there's definitely a lot of jokes to go with that. I think my only thing that I didn't like 
is that there wasn't a Pixar short at the beginning of the film. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, where the heck's the short? So I don't know if it's because we saw it a day early or if they just didn't have one for this one and maybe they want to save it for one of their other movies coming out. I mean, we like the shorts so much that we buy discs of just the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my only, I think, disappointment that there wasn't a short at the beginning of the film. I would say one thing that I'm missing from Toy Story 4 is so many of the Pixar movies does such a good job where the like the last scene of the movie has that super heart touching moment that almost makes you jerk a cheer or curl a lip and so forth you know like the end of uh, Monsters Inc or even the end of Toy Story 3 definitely did that even though there, there's a little bit of a tender heart moment at the end of Toy Story 4 it wasn't near at the level that I'm used to seeing with a Pixar movie I think that for for me, I mean, I do I do totally get that too as well. However, I feel like there was it was a little broken up. So I think the movie opened with kind of a sentimental twist, <laughs> and then fast forward to the end of the movie, I think there were two moments of the sentimental um, or the tear jerking moment, but because it was broken up, it, it let us it. Let us pull back a little bit. Yeah. So I think there's there's a you know there's one instance with the toy, and then there's so there you have that, and then they move on and they continue the story, and then there's another instance with the toy, and then I think we move on in the story and and we're done. Yeah, I, I don't think I really had it at that level I was looking for for either one of those moments though. Right. So. But yeah, part of me just thinks that it also was because it was broken up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So that my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I did also appreciate the post-credit Pixar title card. It's kind of the, there's no extra scene at the end of the film, but I do recommend you stay through the credits because there's a cute little title card in scene yes. at the very end. Somebody does finally get something accomplished. If they're trying to accomplish the whole movie, <laughs> uh, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So if you want to see a goal completed, you got to stay through the end. We mentioned the Easter eggs earlier, and I just want to kind of talk about some of the Easter eggs that stood out for us. So, first off, when Bonnie goes to her kindergarten class for the first time, I feel pretty confident that one of the little girls in one of the other tables is Boo from Monsters, Monsters, Inc. Definitely got that vibe as well. So, definitely keep an eye out for her. See if you agree with us. But I think she was kind of in the background, but you could see the little pigtails, and it just looks just like Boo. It, it, it never focused on her. It never right. Focus yeah. So on it was her. very so, subtle. Yeah. If I had seen like with every little Easter egg that was placed in there, it was there was never a focus on. It, it was always just like off in the corner here or there, mm-hmm. maybe out yeah. of focus. So yeah, Definitely. they were careful never never to center on one of these little nods. So the next one. I know you saw, because you made a comment about it. I just don't know yes. if you knew what you truly well, it, saw. Because it, it went by so fast, you almost didn't notice it at all. Because it, it, it pans across so fast, you don't even notice it. But, and this is when they entered the antique store, right? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure exactly which scene in the antique store, but yeah. But there's what it what was, in my mind, the picture of dogs playing poker. Right. But what I was focused on was a really cheap price tag. I was like, wow. It was like, wow. Dogs playing poker for only 15 bucks? And uh, I totally didn't notice the fact that there were the dogs from Up playing yes. poker. <laughs> so, pretty cute. Another thing I know that we both noticed. Um, so, in the movie, they make a road trip. I think at some point they have to fill up the vehicle and they go to a Dynaco gas station. 
Yes. So good old or, Cars reference yep, there. Definitely. And then at some point, Woody finds himself kind of like an underground toy hangout, perhaps. In Upon entering, he is greeted by Ten... Or maybe it's from 10 Stories. This little 10 toy. And it's from one of the little Pixar shorts um, that I think is called 10 Story. The little, little symbol drummer? Yeah. yeah. I think it was the one where he was afraid of the baby. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because he's like, I'm not meant for babies. <laughs> the next Easter egg that kind of I think caught our eye is... Um, actually, this is earlier in the film. But Bonnie is playing in her bedroom. And she's wearing... I think like an orange and white inner tube. And I think even her, she's like got a bathing suit on and I think her bathing suit might be blue, but it's definitely, I think a nod and tribute to Finding Nemo. Cause the, you, you think the white, orange and white pattern kind of resembled the clownfish. Right. Pattern. Kind of represented. And then of course the blue, I think kind of represented Dory. So that was just mm. kind of fun. This next one I think was cute. And, and one of the other Toy Story stories were introduced to a combat Carl and combat Carl made an appearance in Toy Story 4. But what I didn't know, and he even looked like him, but he was voiced by Carl Weathers. And he even looked like him, like he would have seen <laughs> Carl in, like, uh, Predator. Living Predator. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a scene in the antique store, because, you know, when the humans are around, theoretically the toys need to be toys. Yeah. But, of course, the toys are kind of searching throughout the antique store. And there's a scene where the owner looks around... Because she hears disturbance and she turns around and she sees Woody, who is now pretending to be a Mickey Mouse phone. So he's on like an old phone. And I he's believe that it. was Buzz. Doing nope, it. Oh, it that was Woody. Woody. Okay. I don't think Buzz was with them at that time. So yeah, so just, you know, a little nod to that good old classic. Mickey Mouse phone? Yeah. <laughs> and then Duke Kaboom, who's voiced by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and he's playing this character who kind of is like an evil Knievel type of toy. The Canadian evil Knievel toy. Yeah. He makes a final leap at some point in the movie. And in this leap, he pans across the moon. <laughs> and it's very E.T. looking, you know, with the, the bicycle yes. panning across the moon. So kind of an Amblin logo. Now, the n- next set of Easter eggs are things that we saw, but I don't think they really clicked completely when we saw them. Okay. So, for example, there's a scene where Bo Peep, her partner, I guess, her little buddy, it presents her with a bottle cap. It's a grape bottle cap. And apparently that, we just didn't catch it, but that was... I think similar to the grape bottle cup that Ellie gives Carl in the movie Up, which is a movie we love and adore. I just don't remember that scene fully. So another one, Buzz kind of finds his inner voice, um, (laughs) which is really just him pressing his button. And one of his little sayings is, open the pod bay doors. It was a nod to the 2001 Space Odyssey film. All right, so going back to Duke. There's a moment where I think some things are revealed to him and he kind of has that mind blown kind of moment and he just says, whoa. (laughs) And the classic Keanu, whoa. Yeah. So (laughs) I think what I looked up, it was kind of nodding to the Matrix, but I feel like that would even be like a Bill and Ted kind of thing. It's almost like his, all right, all right, you know. (laughs) Kind of like McConaughey's all right, all right. Yeah. So yeah, definitely had a Keanu moment there. So, Corey, what's the verdict? Does this make the movie shelf or not? 
I believe this one would make the shelf. You know, it definitely met any expectations that I had. The uh, the humor was there's probably even more humor. It's probably a little bit faster paced humor. Probably a little bit more adult humor. Not that you know, not adult adult humor, but just <laughs> jokes that probably yeah, it's not adults X-rated would, no. by any means. <laughs> But, uh, but no, it, it's, a, it's one that, that's definitely worth worth catching. I am right along with you. I said, sure. I think I, I totally enjoyed the jokes. I probably laughed the most during the RV takeover scene. <laughs> <laughs> and the carnival backdrop, I think, was just a perfect choice for the film. There was just, it, I think it just offered to have a lot of things going on all the time. So, like you mentioned before, it's a it would be a fun movie to just rewatch just to catch all the things that we would have missed. So, like for example, these Easter eggs, there are plenty more that yes. we just didn't even catch. Um, I think someone talked about like the address of the antique store is meaningful, and you know, there's just all sorts of extra little jokes and cleverness to it so definitely watch it i'm sure we want to get it so we can rewatch it and keep on catching all these little fun things and of course the story is sweet and i think it's it's really focused a lot on woody and so i i think that's it's a good story for him so just to let the audience into our lives just a little bit more what are your feelings on doing the whole rv trip oh <laughs> I think it would be fun if we had a good RV, for one thing, and we definitely had a good route so we knew all the places to go to. I just don't want our life to become an RV. (laughs) (laughs) So you definitely don't want to sell the house and buy the RV. Right. I don't know where the (laughs) RV could be at our house, but my cousin, she just got like a, uh, I don't know if it's an actual RV or just a big camper kind of thing. Uh, or like a fifth wheel. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Or a um, gooseneck trailer. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, that would be cool. You know, they, they went camping, got rained out. And so the next week they're like, no more getting rained out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think that'd be fun. So what is your take on RV life, Corey? <laughs> uh, you know, it would be adventurous to, you know, like in the movie RV, you know, where you had the other couple that are like, oh, we're lifers. This is where we <laughs> hang our hat, you know. I'm not sure if I wanted to at that point, but, you know, when it comes to whether just renting one or owning one, I think it would be nice to own one when you're not having it, having it like in a storage place somewhere. For me, it's a retire- retirement goal to where after, you know, once we're retired, just to travel the country in one and, you know, go to Yellowstone, go to Mount Rushmore and just hit all the sites that I've been wanting to see for my life and just haven't had a chance to go to. Well, don't you love that derailment? <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned the RV getting take over. Like, oh, no, the RV nightmare type scenario. So it just made me think of that. <laughs> well, that had nothing to do with the RV necessarily, but it True. was a super funny scene. <laughs> Our, uh, the RV takeover and, and some fun with GPS. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, so what is your pick of the week? Oh, well, it's kind of hard with this one. I, I kind of thought, you know, in what way I want to to take the pick of the week from this one, but since the family in the movie was going RVing, I'm going to pick the movie RV. (laughs) And for anyone that is not aware, RV is a Robin Williams film, and he is a a family man who's also trying to master it all, be a a top-notch executive and the family guy. He's trying to mask a vacation into a business trip. Yes, yes. (laughs) And... 
somehow choosing RV over flying. I think they yes. were supposed to, maybe they were supposed to go to Hawaii and she's like, we're going to an RV and not Hawaii? Like, <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> but of course, you know, because it's a road trip, it becomes a bit more of an epic film because they have all sorts of experiences or ridiculous moments and obstacles that they have to go through. He has the most interesting bicycle ever, probably. And, <laughs> and even he has some fun with his GPS. You know? Oh, yes. Um, like, I think at some point he's nowhere. <laughs> You're not on any marked road. Make a U-turn when possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that RV, though, was probably the most durable RV ever. <laughs> but it's it's ultimately a super sweet film. Um, it also has Jeff Daniels in yes. it. So it's a lot of fun. Definitely quirky. So I'd, I would also agree that's one to check out. So my pick of the week is on the Toy Story line. And it's not really a movie. It's, I guess, a short. It's, it's only like 20 minutes. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. So much so that I think I think we watched it with my parents. And then I had to like show it to one of my nephews, I think. I was like, oh, you got to see this because it's so cute. And it's Toy Story of Terror. And I, I like kind of scary films and horror films and I love the Twilight Zone and this film I think played on that a lot because I think they're on like a road trip of some sort. Did that kind of initially come out like during October I think? I think so. Yeah Yeah, it did. They're with Bonnie and they're on like a road trip and there's a flat tire so the mom has to spend the night at a roadside motel. You know like the setup of of any classic you know horror film. (laughs) And while they're in the hotel, Mr. Potato Head goes missing. And so they have to search for him. And they um, find themselves in some interesting scenarios. So that one, it's a lot of fun because it, it's more so focused on the toys. There is, there is of course, the humans and, and things of that sort. But it's definitely focused on the yeah, toys. Definitely a lot less of the humans. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. super quick, but really cute and really fun. And, and pretty, actually kind of scoop, spooky. So check it out. Toy Story of Terror and RV. And then I will say Corey's initial pick of the week, we just couldn't figure out what it was, which that probably sounds ridiculous to have your pick of the week pick something you have no idea what it is. So to the the universe, if anyone can think of what this short is, he wanted to go with the short. It's it's somehow a man is too afraid to do anything. Anything adventurous because well, people <laughs> die doing that. So he never does anything exciting. And then just from the mundaneness of going to work back, something crazy happens. He almost dies. And he's like, oh my gosh, I almost died. And I've never done anything fun. So then he kind of lives it up after that and does all these crazy things, surfing and everything else, you know, to so, experience life. <laughs> so if you can think of what that short is, definitely let us know. Because right now we haven't been able to figure it out. <laughs> but we recommend it. <laughs> yeah, it is eluding us. <laughs> All right, so what are some of the previews that we talked about for Toy Story 4? Okay. I know, I know you're really looking forward to one. I think Frozen 2 was a preview, but we've already talked about Frozen 2. Yeah, we already talked about Frozen 2. Uh, so the, the other two that we have not talked about, uh, one is uh, Spies in Disguise. Right, I think this is the one that piqued your interest the most. Yeah. <laughs> so what was this one about? Well, you have, uh, I believe his voice by Will Smith, you have him being a super spy. Yeah, like very James Bond-like. Oh, yeah, beyond James Bond, you know, in, in classic, you know, Pixar fashion. <laughs> and some scientists finds a way to turn their spies into pigeons. And it's like, well, what could be more discreet than a pigeon just... 
<laughs> he's dropping in on a conversation. And they're right. like, but, you know, they, the, uh, they, they didn't get these spies permission to do this to them when they do it. <laughs> so, and I'm not sure if he knew exactly how to bring them back, maybe? I'm not sure. Not sure, but it, it was a very short trailer. Yeah, so, it was really just yeah. a teaser. Yeah, just a teaser. And then I think the other film, Onward, was also just a teaser. I'll let you describe that one. Yeah, so this one <laughs> is the main characters, I think, are voiced by Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. And it looks like it's the world, like kind of that fantasy world, if it was maybe in today's standards, but just the fantasy creatures. There's no, like, humans and stuff. And it's, I think you pointed out there's two moons, so it's not Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and all it does is kind of show their neighborhood and then show them going on, I think, as the Chris Pratt character is announcing... Some type of adventure, however... Just an errand. <laughs> yeah, just a, an errand for something really odd or something like that. So, again, it was just a teaser, but I'm intrigued. And we shall see how that one will play out as we learn more about the film as it comes along. And now it is time for a side of bacon. Mm, bacon. I think we're both sizzling here. So we were connecting Gene Hackman to Kevin Costner, and apparently we have discovered that we can connect them into one movie... With two movies as options. That neither one was thought of. <laughs> right. So one is Wide Earp and the other is called No Way Out. However, mm. we've seen basically Wide Earp, but we've yeah. not seen No Way Out. So we decided we're not going to worry about those. So we both do have two movie connections. Yes. And because you only came up with one, I will let you take the one that has like one of my favorite movies. And mine. <laughs> Don't you uh, be the sole one to claim that's your only one of your favorite movies. All right. Hey, the movie on the shelf is my movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it's in DVD. I, I may have owned it previously on VHS. Maybe. Before Although, you even got it on. We may have upgraded DVD. it already. But anyway. Okay. So we digress. Starting with Kevin Costner to Morgan Freeman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm-hmm. with an awesome soundtrack. <laughs> And then Morgan Freeman to Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. Yes. So Which is another one of those westerns that gets blurred with a whole bunch of other westerns in my head, but Well that western is interesting. It's kind of yeah, a it was. it's kind of a sad western. Yeah. I think. And it's a little slower. It's not necessarily an action packed. It's very dark. Um, so it's not I feel like it's not your typical. It's more drama, I think, than western. <laughs> it's it's not a western that'll be on the shelf, so oh. <laughs> it is good. Like, yeah. it's a good, qual- a great quality film, but it's not, you know, it's not one of those where you just feel like, I want to watch Unforgiven. You know? Like, all right. So, we have two other options on getting Gene Hackman and Kevin Costner connected. So, I'm going to go with another movie that has another one of my favorite movies, and that is using Rene Russo. Ooh. Yes. Okay. So, we have Kevin Costner to Rene Russo in the movie Tin Cup. That's not one of my favorite movies by any means. I'm not sure if I've even seen that one. <laughs> and But then we have Rene Russo to Gene Hackman in Get Shorty. And this is one of my favorite films. And I, I know you have heard this story all the time, Corey, but it always holds a special place in our hearts, at least between my dad and I, because, again, of how we saw it. So just like I saw Dancer Texas because of a special screening, I got to see Get Shorty because of a special screening. We got to go see it with, like, the newspaper. They were trying to, they were doing, like, a focus 
or screening. We need to get okay. our opinions on it. And they asked questions before the film, and they asked like movie trivia type questions, and they asked a particular question that I apparently. And I was only, you know, I was like a teenager, and <laughs> but I was the only one in the entire audience to know the answer, and so my dad forced me to raise my hand and give the answer. And, and they even prefaced saying that no one will probably know what the movie is. But I knew the movie, because it also had Jamie Walters in it, and at that time in my life, I thought Jamie Walters was pretty darn cute. So it definitely stuck with me. And that movie is called Shout, as Corey is now going to look up and see what Jamie Walters looks like. <laughs> <laughs> But I was the only one to know the answer, and I whispered it to my dad, and I think he realized that no one else was raising their hand, so he shut my arm up, and I won the prize. And then we saw the movie, and it's a hilarious movie, and especially for anyone that loves the idea of making films and just the art of films. It's very dialogue-heavy with a side of action, and it just has a lot of fun and clever jokes to go with it. And then we do have one other connection we can go with, but do we even want to mention the Dennis Hopper connection? Oh, yeah, go ahead. All right, so we have also Gene Hackman to Dennis Hopper in a classic, classic film, Hoosiers. But then we go to Dennis Hopper to Kevin Costner in a classic, but more infamously classic film with Waterworld. Oh, terrible movie. (laughs) Terrible, terrible movie. So anyway, so there you have all sorts of connections for Gene Hackman to Kevin Costner. Yes. For this week's Bacon Pick, I'm going to go with, from the Onward movie trailer that we saw, I'm going to go with Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, okay. I'm going to pull mine from the main movie that we reviewed, and I'm going to actually go with Keanu Reeves. All right. Duke Kaboom there. Duke Kaboom. I, I am a fan of Keanu, so this should be fun to go look at some of his movies or think about his movies. So we have Keanu Reeves to Chris Pratt. All right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Movie Shelf. If you would, click that subscribe button, and if you're listening on your Apple device, please leave us a rating and give us a comment. Let okay. us know what you think. Definitely. And also be sure to check out our show page for links to movie trailers and our bacon picks. We'll catch you next time, you guys. Bye. Bye-bye.